Are you ready for the Low Bros Network? It's we start every show with a cop note. It's very exciting stuff. <laughs> it's basically, it's like you know in the films where I do the, what's it? It's just called a clapper, is it? Yeah. Where they just like, and it's like cut or like, like scene. <laughs> it's called a clapboard. Yeah. All oh, right, yeah. Well, like, anyway, we're going to write dull clapboard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I'm like, that, like, you know what? It's, it's my elbow's fault. The, 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 the jump, look at <laughs> the one thing you're never able to regain back after the element is your ability to clap loudly. There's gonna be a sad video package about that one day. <laughs> like it's like it's, it's like years from now it's like your child's birthday and you're like yay, and you're just like that's the worst clap ever. My mom doesn't even care. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know it's an injury? He's like, don't care. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I should pop into the questions because um, we want to get home in time to watch uh, Ireland get smashed by Portugal. Sounds like like four. Oh, sorry. Ago. This already happened, didn't it? It's Friday. So, yes. uh, I can't believe Troy Parrott scored the winner. Am I right? That is a, I right? That is a swing. Whoa, that what, is a swing. 1-0 Ireland. Who could have thought that? Um, <laughs> at Clueless Nerd, Adam asks, Given the backlog of questions for Ask Low Blows, can we all expect a pass from being a multiple question walker by corporate key? Wanker. Multiple question walker? Yeah, okay, I wouldn't call anybody that. Multiple question wanker? Well, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking at the doc in front of me and I'm looking at the list of questions and I believe we have a, not, not a double, but a triple, a triple crown question wanker. I think you need to look again. Yeah, you need to look down no way. again. No way. Wait, what? There's four questions. Oh, oh, including this one. Yeah. Oh, including this one. We have the quadruple. We have a quadruple question wanker on our hands. <laughs> and it is Adam at Clueless Nerd. Um, I will I will call you a multiple question wanker, but I'll also answer all your questions because they're the backlog. It's pretty mad. Yeah. <laughs> We're um, a busy couple of weeks. So uh, at Clueless Nerd, have you ever thought if a film was made at a different time, a certain actor would be great in a role? I think if the Captain America films came out in the late 90s, Brendan Fraser would have uh, made a great Bucky Barnes slash Winter Soldier. I think he would have made a great Captain America. Like, Brendan Fraser's Captain America would have been like... He's got the jaw. Yeah. And the charisma and just like the, the pure soul. Like, I love Brendan Fraser. Brendan mm-hmm. Fraser was my first celebrity crush in Georgia the Jungle. Like, <laughs> I absolutely love that people love Brendan Fraser again. Uh, yeah, he would have been a deadly Captain America, I think. For Bucky Barnes, he needs someone who's a little bit more emo. Yeah. Someone who's a little bit kind of moodier. I'm trying to think who'd be good to fill that. Uh, I've just blanked on every actor <laughs> in, the in the world. If Brandon Lee was still alive, he would have been a great uh, Bucky Barnes. Mm. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio would be... Imagine him as like... I can only think of MCU roles now because you've just you've, you've got that into my head. Imagine Leonardo DiCaprio as Iron Man, though. 
Like, I think he'd be mm. great. Not to say that he's be- better than Robert Downey Jr. There were no problems with the casting of Iron Man, but, like, just imagine him kind of being able to take that role because it's a great role for anyone to have because it's also, like, the hero ultimately, but the guy who fucks everything as well. Do you know what I mean? Because Iron Man causes as much destruction as he saves a lot of time, particularly in Avengers Age of Ultron. Like, it is literally Tony undoing the mess that he has made uh, and the ideologies that he has then created. Like, even if you think back to... Um, what ended up having, ha- happening with Thanos um, and, and Endgame like you know that was based around like kind of the views that, that spilled from Civil War um, so he's a great character and layer character I don't know if he, if Leo would have done as well but uh, it was an interesting one that came to mind if we're recasting the MCU Corporate Keen obviously a big uh, big movie buff yeah my answer to the question is no I'm <laughs> Thoughts on the Spider-Man No Way Home teaser trailer? It looks so good. Uh, I only watched half of it. Um, I don't like watching the Marvel trailers or anything of like that. It gives away too much. I, I don't watch trailers at all anymore. Mm. Like the new season of The Walking Dead, I don't watch mm. the upcoming trailers. I don't look at still pictures from the next episode. I just, I try to keep myself completely in the dark. Okay, fair. I'm, I'm similar. Like I won't watch a trailer if, I'm already sold on something mm. but with this one and I was I was determined to avoid it because everyone was talking about it on Twitter and I was like I'm definitely going to watch this so don't care I can only ruin it for myself but then the talk became so that, that I'm like I'm now missing out on a cultural moment by not watching this um, and to be fair to the MCU when they've done trailers like this like I didn't want a trailer for Endgame at all I wanted them to just be like this is the date this is the time and they're like if they had a trailer it's just like show me letters on the screen Avengers Endgame this day you know what I mean and that's it and then when they show the trailer I'm like you fucked it you fucked it you've already told me they're going back you've shown me Tony like you've shown me things like in this but then like you actually like look back at what they showed us versus what it was then you showed us the first like the, like they showed us before five years later do you know what I mean they showed us the setup which is just kind of the misdirect that they threw us all on the start of the movie like um, and they gave us like they gave us nothing which what ended up happening like there's a lot of this trailer in, in no, no, no Way Home and I won't kind of get too into spoilers because you're after going to the effort to avoid it but there's a lot in this trailer and we think we're getting a lot of the movie I think we're only getting the first 10-15 minutes all they have set up is the reaction to all they've given us is the reaction to the last movie and the fact that Strange is going to be in it, you know what I mean? And I know there's, there's areas that we can kind of go down and kind of look at, but I think this is nothing. Like, we know that there's a multiverse scenario, and they've told us like a couple of the characters that are going to be in it, but we kind of knew them because of the casting rumors anyway. This is going to be like a multiverse busting movie. This is going to be where it's broken wide open. We get to see what the multiverse looks like by characters who are aware of it, but also like we've in the trailer we've seen one shot of what the multiverse actually looks like where there was that inception style shot and it was like we that we've seen that for like a second so we've seen none of this movie based in the trailer and i feel comfortable in that there the movie isn't ruined i just have an idea where it's going and what it's going to be like which i think we'll actually need it because i think otherwise if we go in cold to this they're going to just overload us with so much info that it's going to break us a little bit so they need to kind of give us the setup just to kind of so we can get our heads around it because the rumors are with old spider-man coming back we don't know from the trailer but with the likes of like 
rumors of the old Spider-Man with rumors that we might get Miles Morales and stuff in here um, like that's a lot <laughs> and I think some of them will pan out um, like Tobey Maguire is rumoured to be in or around the set and stuff um, but like I, I don't know like they've given us none of that so I'm, I'm okay with it and I absolutely love the trailer because it's got my brain on fire now Um. Yeah, I didn't watch the trailer either, mainly because I don't have an interest in Spider-Man, but also <laughs> things that like I don't, like I actually, yeah, I, I, I never watched trailers for The Walking Dead either. It's actually interesting because I never actually remember what happened in The Walking Dead until I, until I opened <laughs> up the episode and I'm like, previously on The Walking Dead, I'm like, oh yeah, that massive cliffhanger, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> oh yeah, they're all going to die, what the <laughs> slipped my mind. <laughs> I don't know why, I literally have no idea why, but whenever I watch The Walking Dead, I watch it. And then I'll go on Reddit for like five minutes and see what other people have to say about the episode. And then that's it. It's not on any of my social media. It's not like, I don't look at it but in advance or there's no like, it's literally just like, I watch the episode and that's it. It's so weird. It's so cold to think about it. Like, <laughs> like I do like the show. I just don't talk about it or listen to talks about it. Like I'm aware that we're probably at different stages of watching the final season. So I'm yeah, I've I've seen every episode that should be ahead, so I'm on episode three. So you're on episode three. I've only watched the first two. Yeah, I've watched the first two as well. So like in general, like let without getting any plot points at all <laughs> is like I know when we discussed it week by week when they were doing the like kind of season ten C uh, that they did like uh, during the during the spring we were kind of a bit like iffy about those episodes they were hit and miss so far what are you thinking about the final episodes is it kind of kicking back in for you guys I, I'm, like like i'm gonna just pretend i didn't see obviously episode three or whatever like, i won't i won't give away anything but just in general i'm, I'm loving it i'm really enjoying it yeah. i like this, this is a laugh <laughs> particularly like um uh it's not a spoiler to say like if they haven't focused on a certain like if, in episode three if there's no I'll say the, anyway. The point is, um, I like um, when they're when, like with Eugene and that like group. I like. I, I'm yeah. really. In, I mean, I'm enjoying like every group in their own way. But that's the group that I'm, I'm enjoying the most. You know what I mean? It's, it's my favorite characters and stuff in there. So yeah, good stuff. <laughs> okay, your own thoughts? Yeah, I'm the same. Like that. Like Ezekiel's my favorite character, so I'm enjoying that group. Yeah. Like, and it's. I mean, I'm I'm enjoying learning other characters as well, like like Yumiko and stuff. I'm enjoying mm. getting to know a little bit more about the the characters in the background. Um, awesome! Fi- oh, I can't believe we were talking about spoilers because I mean, I went on a I went on a twenty minute rager about like Negan after the first ten minutes oh, of yeah. the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I oh I've got something I want to say with that. Oh fuck's sake! So we all three of us have seen the first episode. Yeah, We've but our listeners, our listeners may not have. Can we not just say skip ahead a minute? It's not even like a major spoiler. It's, okay. actually, not, it's actually not a spoiler at all. You've, got, you've got a minute. Okay. I can't fucking stand how everyone in Negan's group has taken the moral high ground. Because yeah. of, of what he did to Glenn. Like, that's... It's, a, it's an apocalypse. We've all killed people. In fact, I would say, like, he's probably killed less people than everyone else. Because he used to kill one person mm-hmm. in extremely vicious fashion. So that everyone else would be shit scared and fall in line killing less people as a result so I don't know why they're fucking taking the fucking moral high ground fuck off <laughs> I, I, I like the way the show itself though has reflected that because of what happened in the, the train carriage you know with the other guy who got caught in the other carriage <laughs> exactly. and, and it's like the show is like oh are you really that good and then like kind of you have Maggie give her speech and then it's like 
I don't know if she's the good guy, guys. I don't know if she's like, she's the gone nerd. shades of grey, but she's gone shades of grey because of what happened she to Ned. To, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. product of what Negan did yeah. because he's a dirty rat who needs to no, get the no, name no, out of no, 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 <laughs> Because there was something that happened to him too. An apocalypse. Um yeah, everyone no. has to deal with an apocalypse. Not everyone dealt with it by bashing in innocent people's heads with baseball bats. But they did. But they did. They the did. majority did. Do Glenn like didn't. That. The very first person Glenn ever killed was a savior. Glenn. So he killed. No, him. no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Killed him in his sleep. Yes. They but he didn't like it. Negan grabbed oh, his killing people. Oh, he didn't oh, like it. He was sorry. He was sorry. Oh. Negan relishes killing people. He enjoyed the theatrics of killing people. He had to because that way he killed one person in such a dramatic way that everyone went, "Holy shit, that's a psycho!" I'm gonna follow what he says, and less people died as a result, as opposed to just wiping out an entire outpost because he didn't. Did like less it. people die as a result? Because it sounded like they went around wiping out communities. It sounds to me no, that wasn't Negan. That was Trevor. Trevor was the one who went to Oceanside and killed everyone there. That wasn't Negan was yeah. pissed at that. That wasn't the only. That wasn't the only community they ripped through though. No, they wanted Negan wanted this people to work. Work. <laughs> But like, no. To be fair, a lot of the, the minute was us discussing the stuff that's happened this season. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest was just if you're catching up, you're fucked. But like, <laughs> I love how we tried to restrain ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> We failed, but the important thing I'm is so that heated we right now, I'm yeah. so hot like we need, we need we need that more walking dead And uh, actually I think I have a, a walking dead answer to the next question. No, I don't. It's the two questions time we'll get back to Um shite link up, shite segue, didn't work. Um because clueless nerd Adam decided to be a quadruple question wanker, disrupted the flow, so uh, we're gonna answer his last question, which is I haven't followed much wrestling lately, but bits I do, it's all about ratings, numbers between WWE and AEW. Does anyone else find it annoying that in 2021 people are still caught up in ratings? Can't they just enjoy having wrestling on several days a week? I, I enjoy... Right, I actually have an answer to this one because it's wrestling. <laughs> um, I love seeing... Now I don't, I don't seek them out, they tend to just sort of fall onto my timeline, you know, like... AEW Rampage 1.1 million. I'll say this, but I don't give a fuck about demos. I don't give a fuck about like, in quarter two, the rating was, you know what I mean? Or anything like that. But I find the rating stuff really interesting because it's kind of like, for me, it's like, you know, in football, you'd be like, oh, who's better, United or C? And the only way to kind of like, gauge who's more successful would be where they are in the league and what score they beat each other in actual matches, you know what I mean? Whereas like, ratings is kind of the only way that like, you know, AEW can be like, ha, you know, we beat you. You know what I mean? Or like, rock me, like, ah, we beat you. I don't think it, it's, it's not the be all end all. It's just a fun little, little side note. You know what I mean? I, it doesn't stop me from enjoying, like, I watch wrestling every day. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the ratings talk doesn't put me off watching it. So for me, I enjoy the wrestling and I look at the ratings on Twitter. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, inter it's, it's interesting. It kind of, for me, it shows where companies are at. I mean, like, usually, you know, it's not, not always this way, but I find that usually, a good show tends to have good ratings and a bad show has bad ratings. Like when when AEW has a dead week with nothing on it, usually it gets lower ratings. So it is it is there is something to be taken from ratings. But I wouldn't I wouldn't analyze it into the into you know the demos and all that shit. That, that, that that's 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 boring shit. <laughs> but the actual number I like it. Okay. I can't focus on this question because I'm all riled up about me again. We'll get sorry. to it. I'm sorry. We'll I'm get genuinely to it. riled up, Leo. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm furious. I'm furious. They're thinking about him. 
Glenn, like holding the grudge. That's all it is. Holding the grudge. Yeah, exactly. You need to remember, you first seen Glenn die what seven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I seen it less than a year. Ago. <laughs> seen I seen it six months, months ago. It's still fresh. That's so weird. So I actually still remember the anxiety I felt watching that episode. Like year, I was still in school. Like I hadn't even done my leaving at that stage. Sorry to make you feel old. But I remember sitting there being like, oh god, oh god, match it. Anyway, sorry. What's your answer to this? Uh, like to a degree, yeah. Like. The problem is we don't have anyone good or without an agenda that is actually feeding us this info. So like the info is crap because we have crap people with their agenda that are looking to just prove whatever they want the story to tell with the writing. So like it's bollocks and it annoys me because it distracts away from like it only proves the point that the person giving the information is looking to prove with the point with the information that they give. If that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? So we can't actually, we aren't getting an informed enough view. But also as well, I've like, I've done like radio and, and stuff like that as well. And kind of, I know about like JNLR things and it's been my business to know. And if you know, I also completed a JNLR survey last year. And I was like, yeah, listen to podcasts. Put that down on your sheet. <laughs> but it's literally like a survey that like, I, I think I'm the first person that I know of that like has taken part in the survey. In like ratings for Ireland as well. Have you ever met someone who has like the ratings kind of machine? Have you ever heard of someone? Anyone? No. Oh, I mean a Nielsen thing or Nielsen something. Nielsen thing, yeah. No. No, no, I've never met someone. And yet, that, that one person counts for thousands of people and what they watch matters. What they, they watch is trying. And it's mad that in this digital age, something so arbitrary is so pivotal to like TV shows living or dying. Like, um, there should be a better way invented. There needs to be a better way invented. Um, but the problem is like a lot of the actual stuff is like the internal numbers, like on a, like on clicks on a website that aren't publicly released and stuff like that. Um, so it's it, it's tough. So like I, I don't particularly like it, and I find it just winds me up more than anything because it's like I'm just watching agenda-based news, which is bad news. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm not a fan of that personally. I'll give credit where it's because I see what you mean. Like like I've seen sort of when when they elaborate on it, I get kind of what you're saying. Like but for me, like Brian Alvarez is pretty much how it ends up in my timeline, and it's just literally the number and nothing else. So that's basically how I consume it, and I'm kind of like. What I take from it, what I take from it, you know, kind of always, so I'm happy, but I do get what you mean, yeah, like, people will put kind of spins on it and stuff like that. Um, I couldn't stop laughing, though, at, um, I think it was, was it Ryan Satin or something like that, where he said, like, oh, the ratings for this week, like, aren't, aren't legit or something, because, um, uh, oh, they've only taken, like, a small portion of, like, the actual, you know, they're not actually taking the ratings off everyone, it's only a portion, it's like, yeah, that's, that's the ratings are. Yeah. <laughs> and also, as well, though, like, how, like, how often do you read that AEW has great ratings and how often do you read that SmackDown has the highest rated show consistently on TV? Do you know what I mean? And I'm not a WWE guy. My shows that I picked in our draft are AEW, both of them, and New Japan. But like, you never hear anyone talk about how SmackDown has better ratings of all of it. You only hear AEW rating successes ever reported because all of the journalists get into AEW press conferences, get free tickets, get, get into this, get into that. That's why you hear reported the way you do. Well, I think as well, I think ratings only matter because of AEW, kind of. Because before AEW, like, I don't remember the last time I gave a shit. Now, there was a little bit of talk if Raw had, like, really low ratings or they were setting records or whatever like that. But usually, like, because there was no kind of, like, competition, it was like, well, 
they could get you know a two or a three or whatever, and it has no impact. Whereas I feel like when AEW do well, it's almost like it's kind of like a news story. Whereas like SmackDown have always kind of done well, so mm-hmm. it's not really. But then they are on Fox. It is a new channel. That that's pretty noteworthy. I, I'd imagine. I, yeah, I don't know. I did. Well, I, I know. I just find it really interesting. So like for me, it just doesn't take away from my enjoyment. Like yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, thank you for the fourth question, Adam. <laughs> uh, and we are going to go on to at Brian a Maniac. Pick a character from either a comic book film or a TV series and replace their actor with a pro wrestler. I'm going to get set out of the way. Get set out of the way. You saw this tweet earlier. I, uh, that's what, do I know what's coming I and why I'm still riled. Negan. CM Punk. <laughs> oh. It explains so much about my <laughs> hatred for both men. You know what I mean? It explains so much about my genuine distaste. Like... I can't even watch Jeffrey Dean Morgan and anything else anymore. He used to, he was in Watchmen, one of my favourite films, and I can't watch it without going into a rage. I just I've never had a character I hated as much as Negan. <laughs> I love him so much. He's actually like if it wasn't for like Eugene, he'd probably be like my favourite character on the show. And like I don't tend to like you know I'm not really more much of a main character person because I always find like there's so much to be learned from like the other characters. I'm drawn to them, but like Negan, like I mean I think he's a main character. He, yeah, um, like I'm so drawn to him. I love him. Every time he's in a scene, he's just funny and entertaining. Like I, I love it. <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't. I cannot align my moral compass to, to me. <laughs> oh, the moral, uh, this post-apocalyptic moral compass. I, I might as well Look at my favorite characters, Glenn and Ezekiel. Like <laughs> I would try stay on the straight and narrow in an apocalypse. I would be killed instantly because I would try stay on the straight and narrow. I'd be eaten at terminus like immediately. <laughs> Because I'm too trusting and just want everyone to get on with each other. I this question is stumping me, and I apologise for it because I've had like so much time to think of an answer. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other shows I'm currently watching. I, but but like a fun a fun sidetrack note is I I put in like because I was thinking like TV shows I'm watching and I'm like Sopranos I'm watching now and I'm like I'd love to come up with an answer for like Polly from The Sopranos like is there anyone in wrestling? So what I did was I typed in professional wrestlers. Our comedy wrestlers into Google just to get like a list of people. They've given me four, four comedy wrestlers. Do you want to have a guess who's on there? No. Who's <laughs> <laughs> on there? Okay, Santino Morella. Okay. okay, fair enough. Cole Cabana. Fair enough. The third comedy wrestler on there is Andy Kaufman, and the fourth comedy wrestler on there is Hot Take. Val Venus. <laughs> like Andy Kaufman, I can buy. He's an actual comedian. Yeah, like he is. He's a comedian more than a wrestler, though. Like, um, yeah. So yeah, no, that's that's. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a good talk. None of them could do it. None of them are good actors. He's <laughs> weird though because Andy Kaufman, right? Yeah, he wrestled, but he didn't do comedy wrestling. His wrestling was very, very mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he genuinely did shoe fights against women. Yeah. Like that was his whole shtick. <laughs> then yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was pretty intense. Um, and yeah, he was just sexist. <laughs> it wasn't like all oh, those genius. It was just like wouldn't say the most sexist thing possible. But like, they, they Jerry Lawler got to beat him. So there you go. That's that's a victory for womanhood. If everyone's seen it. <laughs> Oh, this is stumping me. I'm so sorry, Brian. After seeing John Cena in the Suicide Squad, though, I just want him in everything as the peacemaker. It, I, just want, peacemaker. I just want the peacemaker inserted in the Avengers, like yeah, in all. <laughs> like oh, I can't wait for his peacemaker TV so, show. Nice, uh, good stuff. Uh, thank you for the question, Brian. Um, at Scott underscore Aspel, should wrestling have an off season? 
Personally, I took a month off watching wrestling slash following news sites and I feel way better now getting back into watching than I did before this. I think it could benefit both fans and those in the ring slash on the road if there was one. Almost feel as if I'm rediscovering what I like about this wacky form of entertainment instead of constantly arguing about what promotion is better than what. I just enjoy what I enjoy now. I'm going to say no. Um, I assume when you say wrestling off-season, I'm going to assume we're excluding the indies because they only run once a month anyway. Mm. So I'm assuming this is WWE, AEW. I'll say no for like a number of reasons. Like, first of all, I look at like my other interests, right? Formula One, like, you know, they take a big break. MotoGP takes a big break. MMA takes a couple of weeks off at, at like the start of the year. Football takes a big break in the summer. And it's just pain. <laughs> it's just pain waiting for my interest to come back. I fucking hate it so much. Um, I do agree that wrestlers need to have time off, but you don't need to shut everything down to do that. Like, you look at WWE, there's so many wrestlers like Cedric Alexander, Angel Garza, etc., etc., right? That aren't getting any TV time. And I feel like taking people off TV for a month and giving them their own personal time off instead of like the entire thing shutting down would, would give wrestlers, you know, other wrestlers on the card a chance to shine. Um, I don't know. I just I like. I just feel like, and, and even then, like even your champion doesn't need to lose the title and disappear for a month or whatever. You can just have them do like, you know, like promos from home, no house shows or video. I, I don't know. Like, there's ways to do it that doesn't require an off season. Like you know what I mean? I, I don't know. That's just I find like it, like wrestling doesn't really burn me out. But that's just a personal thing, I suppose. I don't know. Hey, where are the rest of you, you like have a ridiculous stamina for wrestling. You just I've never, think. I've never met someone who can just consume it like you can legitimately. I, I think the reason for that is because like I'm ruthless with the skip button. Like when I'm watching yeah. wrestling, like people go, "Oh man, three hours of raw." I think, Why are you watching three hours of raw? Like I cover raw, and I, I got through it like last night in about. 20 minutes you know what I mean like, <laughs> like, like, don't, don't be telling everyone how well, like. <laughs> this, this is good advice because I mean if you're struggling to watch like I oh, look at WWE and all the shows they produce yeah. AEW NWA MLW Impact Ring of Honor I started watching Limitless in one of the indies in Maine and I plan on watching a shit ton of other indies GCW as well AAW I plan on watching European wrestling I plan on watching um, maybe Astra maybe MCW in Australia who knows I don't watch Japanese wrestling I'll admit that or, or Mexican wrestling but that's the only things I, I really have cut off I'm open to watching as much wrestling as possible because I will skip through a lot of it <laughs> I will skip through most of what I'm watching to get to the good bits and you can identify what the good bits are there's you know what I mean? Like you, you don't need to sit there and watch the full three hours. And I feel like that's that's what burns out a lot of people. You don't need to take three months off. Just skip through the shit that's there and, and get to the good stuff. You'll find it. Um, Interesting. I know YouTube clips is a good way. You know you you've said before about how like you know, you watch YouTube clips. Yeah. That's another good way of doing it because even then you can see that if the YouTube clip says Nia Jax has an argument with Lily, you'd be like, well, I don't need to watch that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. I don't. Th I think you need to be more selective of what you're watching instead of instead of trying to watch it all and then wondering why like you know you you burn out and that sort of thing. Yeah. And, that, and that goes for like like that, that, I'd say a lot of wrestling fans probably like in the same boat as you. Yeah, fair point. I completely disagree. I think wrestlers should absolutely have an off season. I've always said it. I get what you're saying about just give wrestlers their personal time off, but that would never work. Wrestlers would not agree to it because they're so afraid of losing their spot. Like it's it's why we get so many wrestlers working injured and keeping things a secret because like they just they just won't well, do it. Like, could you not make it mandatory? I've tried. <laughs> no, not the indies. I mean, like if you're a WWE or, or AEW, could you not make it mandatory? Well, see again, they can't, they're independent contractors. I well, I mean, all you have to do is just not use them. Yeah, but then like, do you pay them for that time? Yeah, they they've got guaranteed contracts. So they'll definitely get paid while they're off. Like yeah, yeah, guaranteed contract means you get that, but you're not getting your royalties. You're not getting or your match any. bonus because a lot of people have very low baselines and they yeah. get paid per match. Yeah. So 
Exactly. You You're know, getting, yeah. there's going to be, there's a lot of factor into it, but like, I just think with so much wrestling, it's not like all wrestling has to take an off season at the same time. WWE's off season could be different from AEW's, mm. you know, and they could take random months here and there. Mm. But like, I, I, like, I hate seeing wrestlers over Christmas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Christmas shows are all yeah. crap. Actually, that's give, a good give, show. Give them, that's give them a three weeks show. at Christmas. You know what I mean? Or yeah. two weeks, whatever. But have it doesn't have to be a, like a football size off season, but just shut down your company for two or three we weeks. We live oh. without the Monday Night Rob on Christmas Eve. I can't. Like, yeah, oh. like it's 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 awful. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no need for it to keep dead people away from their families. I mean, you think of how many international wrestlers the American companies have, like who don't get to fly home like an american based wrestler might get to go see his family for a few days but like does becky get to fly home to dublin you know yeah. what i mean i can't fucking believe kenny maybe do a complete 180 it's, <laughs> tragic. it's an absolute tragedy um yeah yeah okay i, I take back what i said yeah. give them a, give them a month off from like mid-december to mid-january yeah what i'd like to see as well is like in this wwe specific more than anything, um i'd like to see finish up after the raw after wrestlemania for a month in that month, like the backlash month, we'll call it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's, it's always shit because they're just resetting, and it's like, like what if Raw after WrestleMania was like cliffhangers? You yeah. know what I mean. You just left loads of cliffhangers, and then you've got a month to go. But what the fuck? He just came out like fucking. That guy just appeared at the end of Raw, and like everything changed. You know what I mean? Imagine when Brock Lesnar came back that year on the Raw after WrestleMania, you're like. What's he gonna do with Cena now? You know what I mean? So like that month tends to be shit and it kills off a lot of my interest. I used to love when Game of Thrones and you have a new series usually started like two weeks after WrestleMania. So you go into like fucking WrestleMania mode and then you're like, all right, checking out a wrestling after Raw after WrestleMania. And then you're like Game of Thrones mode. So um, hey, this is another idea. I don't think it would really work because obviously like they want to have a consistent audience and the best way to do that sort of make it their sort of um, routine to watch yeah. the show. But you know the way at UFC, you know, it's different nowadays because they tend to actually have a show every week. But it used to be that, like, you know, have a sh like multiple shows, and have, like say three weeks of a show, and then one week without a show, and three weeks without a show, one week without. And the reason I say that is because like, you know the way to build up to a pay-per-view, we'll say SummerSlam, and it might be like four weeks of SummerSlam. And like the first week, you know, okay, things are happening, people are calling each other out, new feuds are forming, second week stories are developing. But then when you get to like week three and week four, it's like, it's like, right, well, we still have two weeks to, to cover shit and, like, there's not enough there and you end up getting these really boring, drawn-out shows. You could cut them out and force them to, like, you know, basically you've only got, like, three shows then to, like, build to a pay-per-view and that's all you need to tell a good story. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's in there. You know, I'm more open to the end now. I'm hearing what you have to say. <laughs> what I also think Scott has done, though, here, when you read this, it's like, he's made a convincing argument for giving yourself a, a, yeah. a time off wrestling it's the best thing you can do like last year like when we like just stopped covering like pandemic wrestling like it was the best thing because when we got back into it as well when we started like and, and i still feel that we we have the same thing but when, do you remember when we were like doing say some stupid or this is awesome at the end and we just come away with such a positive feeling from wrestling <laughs> that you just don't get when you're burnt out and so admit the burnout can happen and give yourself a break from fucking wrestling twitter i'm lucky in that i've got two twitter accounts one is low blows and one is my own and like if I want to stay away from wrestling Twitter I can just go onto my own I'm like I'm going to hang out on this TL and I'm not going to see shit do you know what I mean it's like it's why you guys will often like text me and go what the fuck is going on and I'm like that's a valid question that I have <laughs> um, so like yeah I think giving yourself one is very smart because 
like while it's a good idea I don't see it happening uh, TV contracts like WWE yeah. get so much money based around the fact that it's 52 weeks a year constant no off season they sell on that and that is formulating the baseline for their for their income so for one month a year though they could pre-record three shows I, I agree I, like look th- there are ways of doing this but they're just not going to because it's live TV you have to watch it no spoilers are going to get out <laughs> you have to watch this like, like if I, I just imagine when, like the TV like you know, the executive like boardrooms and all that and they're just like look I'm telling you now the Raw before Christmas if you give us this contract yeah. it's going to be a banger <laughs> and, and absolutely those should be pre-taped just on fucking more ground so people get to see their families at Christmas like fucking A because no one cares no one it's not yeah the fact that it's like not even a good show is, yeah, was, yeah. is the biggest kick in the balls for them yeah. as well it's like you got yeah. to stay you have to like miss Christmas with your family to go and fucking have like a five minute match with like Braun Strowman it's always, it's always an eight man tag where they're dressed yeah. as elves and <laughs> you know what I mean every you, year yeah you couldn't see your family because you were having like a Christmas you know 34th street street fight with Dean Ambrose yeah. <laughs> think about the people who don't make it to TV on them tapings as well who literally do Christmas there. with their for, family to for Humberto Carrillo is just like uh, like <laughs> FaceTiming his kids as they open their presents yeah like. to record like a main event match you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah, gotta get that content um, yeah thank you for the question Scott very interesting one yeah. um, at Kevin Wright stuff um, think it's pretty clever of AEW to have other companies title, ma- t- title matches on their shows involving their talent because it means they don't have to introduce a bunch of their own secondary titles your thoughts before I answer did we answer this exact question a couple of weeks ago or was that just in my own head we answered something similar because we talked about um the politics of people winning matches with other people's belts. Mm. So it's in a similar vein. Well, to answer the question, um, wait, your thoughts. Uh, I, I love it. I love having other promotion belts in AEW. It raises the stakes of matches that otherwise there wouldn't be any stakes. Um, it made, like, look at Christian versus Kenny Omega first, you know, a rampage. That was really exciting. Um, you know, Lance Archer getting the US title, and is it that the belt he has? Mm-hmm. Um, gives him something to do that makes him look like a star without sort of taking the spots from, you know, someone further up the card. But he still looks pretty good, you know, kind of way. Um, I love, see, here's my thing, right? I love mid card titles, but I hate mid card titles that don't have a reason for being there. So you look at the US and Intercontinental titles. I hate when those are just belt that's not the main belt but it's defended as often as the main belt you know what I mean like what's the point of it if you've got a mid-card title it needs to have a reason to be there so whether that's it gets defended every week in an open challenge a weight limit 24-7 rules a stipulation like it's the hardcore or whatever, whatever it may be right I think you need to have or even like if you win this if you defend this belt 10 times you get a world title shot or something along those lines whatever it may be Um so I don't like having belts that don't have a, a gimmick but that's what that's what these belts have it's like the reason it's being defended is because it's the NWA women's title you know what I mean it's their belt we're defending it on this show and that's why it, it matters you know what I mean that's why okay it's not it's not Britt Baker going for the belt but it's still an important belt and it's there they booked it that's why Britt Baker isn't going for it or you know what I mean there's a reason for it like it, it makes sense in my head anyway even if I might not be explaining it too well <laughs> and or you know having like Impact tag titles in AEW. I don't know. I just, I just think it's, I just think it's really nice. I really like it. it makes it feel real, real important, or real big, or something. The rest of the world, it's really it's like I don't know. Yeah, like I think AEW do it well, and I agree with what you're saying in terms of AEW. I just hate when it's done on smaller promotions because it just takes away. I think like all suspense of who's winning you know what I mean mm. like when I had the, the GWF title they were like oh and you can defend it in Dublin yeah. and it's kind of like 
well yeah. everyone knows so why not call it a non-title match and then there's a chance they might beat me and then they might get to go to Germany you know what I mean so I think AEW do it well but I think they're the only people that I've really seen do it well they also like and, and I think the reason there is because they have the clout to be able to change titles yeah because if you if you have an NWA women's title match realistically if you've that in Dynamite that's going to be seen by more people that watch Power so like there's a genuine chance here that, that, that something big is going to happen um, I, yeah I like I know I'm a New Japan fan, so like you can never tell me about this too many championships. I I don't mind that because they've got titles for literally everything. But like I I don't mind it because it gives wrestlers direction and it gives them something to kind of fight for and so on, and it gives them an area to pick out. I I hear Corporate Keen's argument. I know your kind of traditional argument about belts and secondary belts is that I think it's about yeah, it's that like. Yeah, if it's that easy to hold a belt, then what does it really mean? You know yeah. what I mean. And you know, and like again, it's like why would you fight for the intercontinental championship <laughs> when the world championship is there? But I also see the wrestler standpoint because they're picking their spot. You know what I mean? Ricky Starks is like, I'm probably not gonna get a title shot, or like he might be insecure and be like, I'm not gonna be able to fight my way up to be Omega. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna be the Taz FTW champ. He's calling his spot, you know what I mean? And he's kind of giving himself. And then other people are like, where do I weigh myself up? What, what am I realistically going to get a shot at? Do you know what I mean? Because you can imagine all these backstage conversations where fucking, you know what I mean? Brian Pillman Jr. is like, walks up to Khan and goes, give me Omega. <laughs> and Tony Khan just goes, fuck off. <laughs> so like, he's got to go, right, where do I fit in the pile? Ricky Starks and Tony Khan's like okay you know what I mean so you gotta think of it in the, when I think of it in those terms I don't hate it I don't like it when it's for the set like there are times where I haven't liked it like I thought the end of the Grey Women's Championship they used that as a crutch and I've spoken about this in the show before so I won't go too much into it they did use that as a crutch for a while they're like and they say we don't book women's matches and it's like you're just booking two women's matches on the show just to fill a quota you know what I mean you're not the, the matches don't mean anything the titles don't mean anything and they're in front of silent audiences because you haven't introduced these characters you've just said NWA Women's Championship match amazing fucking go for it girls you know what I mean and there's there's no context or anything so I don't like it when it's done for the sake of it but I think it does add to AEW and it adds their mystique and it, it, it focuses them as like a centralised hub of all things non-WWE um, and makes them seem like a really big deal as a result so um, I, I, I like it and I think they've done quite well but there are areas that, that, that require work so I don't think it should necessarily be seen as a go-to man I'd love Ring of Honor entering the Forbidden Door stuff like imagine the Ring of Honor title defending the AEW it'd actually be deadly I, I'd love that they did it in New Japan it's just it's, like I just can't care about Ring of Honor <laughs> I just but I think, I can't care it's like oh yeah Jay Lethal yeah. but I think that's part of the reason why like, I, don't know, I don't know why I forced Ring of Honor conversation on the two of you now this is the second time Please. But, um, <laughs> but, I don't have uh, anything against Ring of Honor by the way but um, I just for me like I think if they entered the Forbidden Door I like I feel like it opened the whole world up to my feet. I don't know. I just think they're they're isolating themselves. See, a lot of them, a lot of them are allowed to work other places anyway. Like Jonathan Gresham is over in the UK in two weeks. Yeah, but they're like, well, I know they can wrestle in Europe and all that sort of stuff. In America, it's weird because I do see Jonathan Gresham on like GCW and stuff like that. But like, and PWG is another one. But it's like, you you don't see them in Impact. You don't see them in like, you know what I mean? Promotion. It, it feels like it's non-major promotions or something yeah. like that yeah. which it should it should like, I don't know I feel like it'd be non-major promotions and Fight Factory oh <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, yeah, thank you for the... Again, another good question. Thanks, Kevin. Um, at Joe Stodge, final <laughs> <the> question. What, <laughs> I'm loving this question. What's the most kayfabe shattering moment you've ever seen a wrestler involved in? Uh, I've seen the Ballymun Bruiser buying loads of five litres of water in a little before. Totally smashed the man with the golden can persona. <laughs> I just read this and I, I, like, I just thought that I saw Ballymun Bruiser buying five litres of water. And I'm like, not that weird. But buying loads... I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he bought 40 litres of water. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're big, they're heavy. <laughs> they used to buy them as weights. He does this shit. Like. Um, I could give you stuff on the Ballyman Bruiser specifically today. <laughs> I get videos of like him like playing music for like his daughter. And like she's become like like every day like like one recent one he said was like and I think he tweeted about this eventually but like he put up where the only thing that will actually keep her quiet is if they play Baby Shark or the American Dream Dusty Rhodes WWE. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> and like but what's funny is that the video he sends the camera is moving so I get to imagine Bruiser dancing in the background. <laughs> you know how you dance for a baby? Like, <laughs> I get that. Also another one for me is. Uh, seeing uh, the feminist icon the queen of Irish wrestling Katie Harvey try to set up a camera before our podcast <laughs> every week we're, we're recording from home and you're like can you see me now <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't be kayfabe shattering because like like that's me. <laughs> yeah, well, we know you now, but like, if I was to put it into then your character, because I remember we were doing a, a, a kind of outside project a while back, and it was like, we're, you were presented as this very serious kind of oh, yeah. superstar wrestling, and I'm like, I just like, I mean, like, especially like when we've done podcasts from home for a year and stuff like that, it's like, yeah, I just, I can't see that <laughs> like anyone. I remember Justy as well when he did a version of Asso Blows from home, but he was doing all his housework while he was doing <laughs> it. Yeah, he's fucking jam bonds at the same time. <laughs> he's emptying out the washing machine. He's like, <laughs> it's actually, Katie might be like the answer for this. Like, I, like, I used to be like, oh man, Katie Harvey, like that's. Like, I, I actually used to think you were a cool wrestler at one point. I was like, well, you know what I mean? Like, that's the feminist icon, a superstar. I'm like, whoa. And then, like, the aura is gone. It's gone. It's like, <laughs> like, 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 less than an hour ago, he wants to take a diabetes medication. Local wrestling, or like, you know, like for us to be like Irish wrestling, that like you've got like you see them all, like, you know, in the stadium, whatever, it's like superstars, and like, all these fans, but then you like see them then the next day, like, doing like fucking everyday shit. It's like, well, you're actually a massive nerd. <laughs> I am a massive nerd. I don't know how I ever gave off an aura that I wasn't, to be honest. Like, I don't get it. Okay, um, you like, you've lived all of these. Like, you, what is the like the worst, the one thing that you've seen, like, that you're like, Okay, if people could see this person now. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I, I, all I can think of is moments where people are playing exactly into their characters, you know? <laughs> like, I've seen more than hypey too many sweets and get a stomach ache. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've seen Session Mop by a coffee. That's, that's weird. Yeah. That's, weird. Yeah. That's, that's very odd. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I've seen Debbie Kite. I was going to say I've seen Debbie Kite drink tea, but that's actually not true. <laughs> that they would, did. No, that no. Would, that would never be true. <laughs> for me, like, going down to Phoenix for the first time, I was <laughs> like, I see, like, promos of Billy Bedlam and therapy and all that. I'm like, Jesus, right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. And, and I turned out, she's actually all right. I was like, oh. 
or, or, or wrestlers who get carsick. <laughs> like, like you're about to have a match where you go through thumbtacks <laughs> but, but like sitting in a car is unraveling you <laughs> just, oh, oh, we gotta get out <laughs> yeah I'm thinking of options I'm, I'm thinking again I'm, I'm kind of like in, like my head's going the cater route where it's like like I'm thinking for example CBL or people with big characters I'm like ah CBL I remember when he Oh no! Wait, he is actually like that. <laughs> like, would Phil give off an aura of being a tough guy? He would, wouldn't he? Like, yeah. Like, kind of grizzled. Like, he loves snails. He gets very upset if he ever stands on a snail. Like, he looks after them. He searches the garden and like moves them onto walls and Aww. stuff. That's like you're really sweet. Yeah, he just really likes snails. So that, like, I, I think people would be surprised to know his love of snails. Okay. Okay, that's an interesting one. Bye. 